With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome on this Sunday morning. Happy March 28th, folks. A few more days. It's April. You know what they say. April showers bring May flowers. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in. It's a good probably morning to just kind of hang in there, you know, pull the covers up. You need to pull the covers up. And listen, tune in. I can see you. So, um, you know, pull those covers up and, and get your questions prepared. Maybe put some coffee on. I thank you for taking time out of your Sunday morning to tune in. I truly do. And if you have any questions whatsoever relating to your financial future or investing questions, where should you put your hard-earned money, give me a call. Our phone numbers this morning, one 800 talk WGY 1-800-825-5949. That's 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks, I would love, would love to talk to you. So, you know, the, the, the big climb in bond yields kind of took a pause. It went up over 1.7% for the U.S. 10-year Treasury and came back down, slipped a little. So this week you had utilities and consumer staples. Did pretty good. If you break out the S&P 500, all those 505, yes, there's 505 stocks in the S&P 500 index. You would think 500, but think about double class shares like Berkshire Hathaway, Google, you get the picture. So 505 stocks trade. Maybe there's 500 companies. But anyway, they're all broken out put into 11 different sectors this week utilities and consumers did well and long term you know we're 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 slanting the portfolio a little bit more towards cyclicals and value we think that's that's where we want to be hopefully in hindsight six months from now it'll be a tactical move when we make some of these moves they're not long term you know depending on how you define long-term we, we could be in for six months nine months 12 months but they're tactical moves and when we see the tide turning we'll 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 tactfully hopefully pick the right sectors we want to be in we're always looking ahead we learn from the past but we're always looking ahead when it comes to managing money the you know you had europe's gone through a hard time with with their covid dilemma and you got Italy I think they go into lockdown if they haven't already you have some other countries especially in the southern tier of the eurozone just not doing so good and you know the rich neighbors up in the northern part countries like Germany and France you know they're bailing out a lot of these countries so there could be some some tension there some emotions on how how much we want to bail people out if they're not being careful with COVID. But you got some European countries that are really slipping with regards to COVID. In the United States, you know, the, the, the cases are rising again. But that could be, you know, listen, people are starting to 
feel good. They're outside. Spring break, we know. We see the pictures of what's going on in Florida and elsewhere. People just aren't being as careful. Folks, we got to be careful. I truly believe we have to be careful. So, you know, even though you got some COVID-19 cases rising a little bit in this country, hopefully we're near the end of this tunnel that we're in and there's light at the end of the tunnel. I'm optimistic that there will be, that the economy will be opening up soon. We need to get back out. Our kids need to get back out with their friends and in the school with their with with their um, fellow students in the classrooms. I mean, we've paid a dear price over the last year and we need to come out from underneath it. So hopefully that's soon. You got that big, big, big cargo ship in the Suez Canal that is just disrupting trade. If you're waiting for something to be delivered overnight, more than likely it's not coming, folks. If it's on that ship or any of the ships that are kind of stalled, they have to go out of their way now, take a different route. It's going to take weeks, weeks. And, you know, it doesn't take much. Uh, on the headline front, you know, we know that there's business shows that have breaking news every few seconds. I mean, can you imagine so many breaking news stories? And with all of that, you put it all together. The Dow Jones Industrial Average this week up 445 points, 1.3% for the week to close at 33,073, a record high. S&P up 1.57% to close at a record 39.75. NASDAQ slipped a little down 0.58% to close at 13,139. The small cap index is measured by the Russell 2000. I think it's more of a small slash mid cap index. Fell for the fifth time in the past six weeks, losing 2.89% to close at 22.22. It's still ahead year-to-date performance, up 12.5% compared to the S&P being up almost 5.82%, and NASDAQ year-to-date up just shy of 2%, so the small mid-cap index is doing pretty good, pretty good. Um, you know, when you when you think the Russell is off about 6% from its mid-March close, the record high that it had. S&P 500 financial and energy stocks are both down around 5% from their recent highs. And that's okay. We're actually, I think we're adding this week more to our financial holdings. Good dividend play. We're going to get um, about 2.5% dividend in, in, in this tactical uh, addition to the portfolio, low valuations, P.E. ratios down around 18 compared to 22, 23 for the market. So we're okay with that. And as I said, we're, we're looking to slant the portfolio's more value in cyclical. Um, you know, when, when you think about it, since Pfizer and Moderna came out with those big, big, big vaccine, you know, announcements in November and everybody's been getting the shot in the arms, the economy's the economy's looking good. There's there's reason to be hopeful. We're not selling out of stocks. You know, it, take, it, it takes a lot for us to sell out of stocks. Every once in a while, we'll go defensive. We'll take some risk off the table. But I'm, you know, I can't say it enough. Over time, stocks are the best performing asset class. And if you have time being in stocks, having part of your portfolio in stocks. 
will help you more than it will hurt you. Um, when you look over the past three years, financials are still lagging the S&P by 25%. Energy stocks lagging by 67%. Small cap stocks lagging behind large caps by 10% over the last few years. So there's room for these 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 areas you know these sectors in the market to grow and you know as i said right now at 20 times forward earnings the s p is is you know high long term i think it's i don't know 16 17 percent i think is the long term so we're, we're we're trading a little bit to a premium over over the historical pe ratio for the s p 500 index financials are at a 30 percent discount to the s p 500 index energy stocks are at a 13 percent discount to the um, s p 500 index technology stocks trade at about a 16 percent premium technology stocks i think you'll always pay a premium for technology stocks and i'm okay with that i've been overweight technology for 15 years I've taught my investment committee that NASDAQ is part of our core positions. We don't mess with it. We own as much NASDAQ as we own the broad stock market index because I look at NASDAQ today as a different index than it was 21 years ago. And believe me, after managing money for 34 years, I have a lot that I can teach our investment committee. And I really try to tell them, you know, don't be afraid of a little volatility. Volatility comes with the with the, uh, you know, when, when you're invested, I don't care if you're invested in stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate, they all are volatile on different days, different weeks, different months. Stocks seem to get the bigger headlines and seem to have more volatility. But volatility is okay. I said it yesterday, I'll say it again today. Volatility is an investor's friend. Investors shouldn't be worried or concerned about volatility. They should take advantage of it. And I can't say it enough, any money you need over the next 12 to 24 months should not be invested in the stock market. Don't get greedy. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. So even though technology is trading at a premium to the market you know you have some good good companies like apple and microsoft they've been beat up a little bit when interest rates go up these high momentum stocks really get hit but you know those companies are pretty solid they're not as speculative as a company like tesla we talked a lot about tesla yesterday so depending on on you know where you want to put your money you know there's some good entry points long term to get in you know if you can get into i mean apple is trading around 120 dollars a share it's high just a few weeks ago it was 144 dollars a share almost so you know that's 24 dollars a share less that you can get into apple at if you believe in apple long term and that's what you have to think long term not believe in apple over the next few days or few weeks but if you like Apple as an investment, you like the company, you like the management, you like the products and services, then I would rather buy it at around $120 a share than $144. Makes sense to me. You got President Biden and the stimulus package that was passed a week or so ago, $1.9 trillion. There's 12 zeros in trillion, folks. And now he's 
He's looking to do some more with infrastructure, build back better plan, he calls it, um, which includes heavy investments in infrastructure, social causes, and decarbonization technologies. The package supposed... With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's going to be around $3 trillion if he can get it passed. And it'll target some tax increases to help offset, you know, the, the, the cost of this. There's always tax increases. More than likely, folks, taxes are going up. Your tax, income tax rate, corporate and individual, more than likely is going up. You know, right now they're talking about, and we don't know if this is, is, is solid. It's not baked into the cake, but the rumor is 28% corporate rate tax and 15% minimum rate, um, basically doubling of the global intangible low tax income rate of 21%. You're going to have probably some additional Social Security taxes. You get the picture. But I read an article in this morning's Times Union, Chris Churchill, who I, I really like reading his stuff, but we're talking about um, uh, you know Venice and downtown Albany. You know, all those 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 boats, they're talking about building a canal, maybe. Hey, if they can't move 787 to get us to the water, bring the water inside 787. And it's kind of a neat idea. My friend Tom Nardachi, he just opened an office, a working coast working space in, in Rhode Island. And he, um, I guess they had the same thing there. They built it in the 80s, and it's pretty spectacular. So this isn't, this isn't crazy. These aren't crazy ideas if they can get it done. Albany will be a destination spot, and downtown Albany can use, can use a shot in the arm. 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949. Let's go to the phone lines. We have Paul in my hometown, Troy, New York. Hello, Paul. Yes, as a matter of fact, my wife was a year behind you up in uh, Catholic Central. Oh, she graduated she like 10, very, 15 years ago? Well. She graduated <laughs> 10, 15 years ago? Yeah. yeah. You married a young wife, Paul. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's move on. We're not okay. talking decades uh, here. Here's here's uh, here's my situation. I'm retired uh, from New York State. I took my 457 and rolled it into a traditional IRA. And my wife uh, inherited a um, stock portfolio from her her parents. Uh, together, uh, they're worth right now about $200,000. My question is, um, should we combine them? Uh, is there any good reason to do that and just make one account? And if so, should it be a traditional IRA or an interest-bearing uh, growth and income uh, type of a uh, uh, 
a portfolio. And also, um, with the bond market um, not doing so well, not paying, and the chances that we are sitting on a bubble and may experience a 2008-2009 pullback, um, should we go more for the growth and income? We have um, uh, household income that's um, six figures, so this is more of a I guess an inheritance fund, or if we decide to go crazy and, you know, buy some <laughs> beachfront property somewhere and and let the kids uh, fend for themselves, um, we can afford to take a little bit of risk uh, right now with both. Uh, Paul, what's it you look, said this was going like? to be an easy question, Paul. You asked about 10 questions in that monologue. So let me no, let me help two. you. <laughs> let me help it, you out. It was two. Uh, it was two questions. <laughs> well, I know okay, how old you ahead. are if if you're close in age to your wife. So with you and your yes. wife still being young, and the chances of both of you, or at least one of you, living for another thirty years is pretty darn good. So that's long term when it comes to investing. So let me start out with the inheritance. And there's going to be a lot of people that will wonder about this. We always tell our clients when they get an inheritance from whoever they get it from, what you don't want to do is commingle that with your spouse and put it in a joint account. Once you do that, if by chance, and I'm pretty sure you're probably not thinking about um, you and your, your wife aren't thinking about separating, but you know, hey, we know the, the divorce rate's pretty high, and if you get an inheritance, that could stay in that bloodline of, of you know inheriting that money as long as you don't commingle it. Once you commingle it, then all of a sudden, if you get divorced, it's joint assets. So that's just food for thought for the listening audience. In your case, your wife received an inheritance. You cannot merge that with your IRA, your traditional IRA. And you did a good job taking that money out of the deferred comp. I had a caller yesterday ask about it. I said, whenever you retire, you never want to leave that money behind. Always move it into an IRA where you can have full control over it. So you did a good job there, but you um, unfortunately, you can't merge it with your, your, your wife's inheritance. You can't even merge it with your wife's IRA. You got to keep those separate. And, you know, that's just an IRS, IRS thing. You're right on the bond market. I talked about this yesterday. The S&P is up almost 6%, and that's pretty much a good representation of the U.S. stock market. The U.S. bond market is down over 3%, about 3.5% year-to-date. So there's almost a 10% swing there. So people that are in bonds, and I try to point out the pros and cons of owning different asset classes. You know, people think they, they put bonds in the portfolio to soften the volatility, and they do soften the volatility. Bonds usually don't get hit as hard as stocks do at different periods of time when there's corrections, bear markets, and recessions. But bonds, listen, since the early 80s, bonds have been in the bull market. And there's going to be a day when, you know, I mean, yields were were in the high teens back in the early 80s. And here we came down almost near zero. And you're seeing bond yields creep up a little bit, but not because the Fed is creeping them up. The market is doing that on its own. But when the Fed starts to um, bump, 
interest rates up, you're going to see more volatility right. in the bond market. So, you know, most of our retirees, Paul, are in our growth and income strategy, which is a target of 60% stocks, 40% towards bonds, alternative assets, mm -hmm. and cash. And, you know, most of our retirees are very comfortable. We have a boatload of clients that are in our growth strategy. Now, you already pointed out that I'm a little bit older than your wife, and I am. And, you know, my <laughs> wife and I, well, not, well, thanks, Paul, for doing that. Um, at least you didn't say what year we graduated in the 90s. But my wife and I, you know, you know, we're, we're invested just like my clients. I wouldn't have it any other way. So is, you know, Marty and Ryan, their their monies are invested in, and, 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 and I I almost demand this, you know, if you're going to be on my investment committee, you need to put your, your money where we put our clients' money. Um, so my, my and my family's money is invested just, just like our clients. The only difference is I'm very comfortable with risk. I'm 100% invested in the stock market because I don't care what happens day to day, week to week, month to month. I know over time I'll make more money in stocks than I will any other asset class. Now, I don't expect my clients to invest their money as aggressively as I have my money invested, but I own exactly what my clients own. I just have more stocks, not any bonds. So at, at your age, as I said, growth and in income would be good. I wouldn't go any less than a growth and in income. As I said, you and your wife have, you know, 30 more years that this money's going to be hanging around. And if you do buy that house on the beachfront, listen, if I knew that, <laughs> that um, my grandchildren were going to be this much fun, I would have skipped having the kids gone straight to the grandkids. But you know, this is <laughs> this beachfront property you and your wife can enjoy, leave it to the kids. Hopefully they'll all get along. If you do get a beachfront home or a lakefront home, there's only so much water and it's popular. If you do, you know, you may want to think about hiring the services of a lawyer and maybe put it in a trust to protect your kids from being snotty-nosed kids and fighting over it. <laughs> How's that? Okay. Now, uh, just just one, one, one more thing. Um, just just yeah, one more um, question, Paul? Yes. <laughs> Go ahead. Are you with me? Okay. Um, I did uh, appeal about 50 off of mine and invested in my um, middle-aged crazy muscle car. I got a 65 Mustang. Now, that is almost concourse condition, which means, you know, it's worth uh, what the market will, will, will bear in the, in the, um, in the high range. Um, should I have that in, I, we have a, um, 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 living trust. Uh, should that be, you know, made part of it? Yeah. Well, you know, if it's if it's worth a lot and it's a collectible, you know, once again, remember, yeah. you know, no matter how 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 much you think your kids get along, when 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 they they smell the scent of money upon a death, you know, all of a sudden some kids just get crazy with that. So protecting your kids from 
fighting over things is always a good thing. And believe me, I understand the muscle cars. I love fast horses, fast cars. I'm going to talk to Zach Harris. He has a sports show on at 11, and today's the beginning of the Formula One racing season. So I'm going to talk to him about that. Hey, Paul, I got to let you go. 1-800-825-5949. Stay tuned through the news break. See you in two quick minutes. Good morning, and thank you for hanging in through the news, folks. It's Sunday morning. I truly thank you for taking time out of your day. Our phone lines are open. Our numbers today, 1-800-TALK-WGY, 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. We had a good conversation with Paul from Troy, who, um, you know, the little devil thought he had one question i think he had about 20 questions in there but he really had some 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 good questions with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And pointed out some, you know, good good things. So it was good talking to him. And, you know, I left off. He, he, he invested in a little hobby of his, uh, a muscle car. And, you know, hey, guys, you know, if you work hard, it's okay to have a hobby here or there. You know, I love fast cars and fast horses. It's all right. All right to have a, a hobby. Keeps you, keeps you young. But, Paul, if... You know, I'm not sure I never asked you with your wife's account and your account if you um if 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 you need help managing that because you brought up your wife going to school with me at Catholic Central High School in Troy. That's where I went to high school. Um, give my office a call and you know, we'll we'll bring you in under the family and friends program. So um, why why we were on the news break, we had a, a caller leave a question behind. Basically, he has five different former employer pension plans that he is part of. And what should he do with them? And we talked a little bit about it yesterday, but it's a great question because a lot of people are in this boat. We recommend when you leave a job, you want to grab that money put it into an IRA account 
And for this individual, he can roll all five of those pension plans into one IRA account, have full control over it, have it invested the way that it's right. But best of all, I mean, all of a sudden, folks, you'd be surprised how many clients we have come in and they say, you know, I think I had a pension plan from like 30, 40 years ago. Hey, listen, our memory is is a beautiful thing when we remember, but sometimes we forget, we slip. And you don't want to leave it behind, especially at the disposal of a company where, where you know, if by chance there's bad intentions, you could, um, you know, possibly be at risk. So you always want to roll those monies over, always, always, always into an IRA account. And, you know, as I said, this, this guy can roll five of those pension plans into an IRA account, five of them. 1-800-825-5949, 1-800-825-5949. Zach, who's on at 11 this morning? I got a great show for you today, 11 a.m., Fox Sports 980, 95.9 FM. I don't mean to disappoint you, Stephen. I won't talk Formula One, but there was a big trade for the San Francisco 49ers. The Super Bowl window looked like it was going to close, so they kicked the door in. Man, oh, man, you're not even going to talk about the, the horse races yesterday, are you? Dubai, the Florida Derby. I mean, Zach, we're talking fast horses, fast cars, nothing. All that stuff's a little too fast for my liking. Man, oh, man. Well, listen, you, I, I tune in. I know you have a great, great sports show. And, folks, if you like sports, tune in to Zach at 11 o'clock. Thanks, Zach, for um, bringing that up. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions? Any questions whatsoever, give me a call. Um, you know, when you think about it, the Dow year-to-date up 8%, NASDAQ just shy of 2%. The S&P just shy of 6%. Russell 2000 up 12% year to date. Folks, when you look over the last three years, the Dow is up on average 11% a year. NASDAQ 22% a year. S&P 14% a year. Russell 2000 almost 13% a year over the last three years. Think of how crazy the headlines have been. You know, stocks go up, stocks go down. Don't be afraid of stocks long term. We spend a lot of time teaching, educating, guiding our clients through all the pros and cons of owning stocks. And we don't have every client of ours, and we manage 750 million, every client of ours has some stock allocated into their, in, in, in their allocation. Um, we don't have any clients who are just income only just bonds and as i said you know year to date the bond index is down almost four percent the s p is up six percent that's a ten percent swing so you know bonds are supposed to be safe but that doesn't mean they don't lose money they are volatile just like every other asset class you need to understand the volatility and the risk of all the asset classes 1-800-825-5949 we have wayne in clifton park hello wayne good morning sir thanks for your services as usual oh thank you i hope you enjoy the show absolutely listen yesterday and today uh, i'll get to the point uh, fortunately i do have a uh, defined pension and i'm fully going to retire within uh, five years and my 457, when the market hit 30K, 
I decide, I guess I'm a schmuck, but I put some in bonds and some in stable, knowing that I'm going to hit it up in five years. I know you, you tell me about the bonds. Should I get the hell out of the bond market, or was that a foolish move what I did? No, you know, none of the moves are ever foolish, Wayne. If your comfort level, if you weren't sleeping at night, you were getting a little nervous, you know, you can't ever beat yourself up over making making decisions like that. But let me just remind you, and I think I said it yesterday as well, you may plan on retiring in five years. You don't plan on dying. And most retirees, if you retire at 65, you know, you're going to live into your 80s, 90s. You know, I mean, people are living longer. They're being healthier. So that's a long time. And that's what you have to always keep in mind when it comes to your investing. Don't don't let the tail wag the dog with taxes. Don't let the tail wag the dog with um, being fearful. Just because you're retiring doesn't mean you plan on leaving us. It just means you're going to start a new career called retirement. And you're going to be in that career more than likely for a couple decades or more. So I don't know. How how old are you, Wayne? Um, 55. Yeah, so, God, you're a young guy. I mean, you got 30, 35 years that we would be looking at um, having this money hanging around. That's a long time. And I'm optimistic about the stock market this year. Now, I could be wrong. We'll talk about it six months from now, and we'll look back and say, hey, Steve was right, or maybe Steve was wrong. But as this economy starts to loosen up, open up, as we come out from underneath this ugliness of this COVID-19 dark cloud that we're in, I think consumers, they got a boatload of money. I've been saying for the past couple of weeks, they, they haven't spent money in the last year. They haven't hopped on a plane, gone on vacation, gone out to dinner, gone to a movie, gone to the shopping mall to buy something they don't need. So they're they got a lot of money. Plus, you know, the government's giving them more money. The stimulus checks are being spread around. I mean, people that don't even need it are getting it. I talked to a client last week, and, and he said, yeah, my mother hasn't worked in 50 years. She's getting a stimulus check. Come on, Washington, really? I mean, that money should be used for people that have families that are out of work. Anyway, they're just spreading around money, and you know, 1.9 trillion here, 3 trillion there, 2 trillion there. I forget how many trillions. I can't keep count, but 6, 8 trillion dollars in the last year the government spent. That's going to come back. You may see some inflation. We'll talk about that another day. But Wayne, at 55, you know, at least have a, a mix in there. You know, you're, you're a young guy, um, unless you can't sleep at night. And then that's a whole different matter. It all comes down to your tolerance for risk, what you're comfortable with. Wayne, thank you. Stay safe, stay healthy. Enjoy this rainy Sunday. 1-800-TALK-WGY. 1-800-825-5949. 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, folks? Any questions? You know, I want to talk because I talked a little bit about Tesla. And, you know, this... This, this hot, hot, hot ETF family called ARK, A-R-K, has gotten a lot of publicity over the last year. And unfortunately, a lot of people jumped in over the last few weeks because the, the returns have just been phenomenal. And the flagship fund run by Kathy Wood, the ARK Innovation Exchange Fund, is, um, you know, 
in 2019, up 36%. Well, that's pretty good. The S&P was up about 32%. So not bad, right? In 2020, the fund was up 153%. And Kathy Wood, she was a rock star, a rock star. So far in 2021, though, after rising, you know, through February, and this is when a lot of people jumped in, being up 153% last year, up 26% for the first six weeks. The, you know, the 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 fund has has tumbled, and now year to date, it's down nine percent off the high. It's down almost 40%, right? 35%. And you got to, you got to, I'm going to put it in perspective to you. A year ago, ARC Innovation was a small company fund. Today, because it's grown so much, it's more like a mid-cap fund. 51% of its assets are in large company stocks right now today. And the big reason is, you know, when, when you think about it, last March, this was a $5 billion fund family. Now it's a almost $40 billion. You just added $35 billion that you have to invest. You can't go out and buy all those small companies. You could when you were $5 billion because you could you could buy this company, that company, and, and, and not get noticed. When you're $40 billion, if you take a, a, a 5% position in, in, you know, something, well, 5% of 40 billion is a whole lot different than 5% of 5 billion. So ARC Innovation has had its, its, its challenges. I keep saying, you know, you go to your favorite restaurant and maybe, you know, we, we know they're out there, right? Yeah. You, you go, you know, to, to, to a restaurant where maybe there's 10 tables, the chefs in the kitchen, the, you know, wife is is at the front door or vice versa and you just love it it's controllable you know you're getting top-notch food and then all of a sudden they're successful because it's manageable and then all of a sudden they go from a 10 table restaurant to a hundred table restaurant thinking they could be 10 times more successful it usually doesn't work usually they go just the opposite because managing a 10 table restaurants different than managing a hundred table restaurant you get the picture no different with with these fun families that go from 5 billion to 40 billion you know tesla returned 500 percent over the last year that's the number one holding in in the art family of funds i think 10 percent of the assets are are in tesla thank god tesla had a had a good year um, you know, when, when, when you think about it, you know, Tesla, um, you know, helped it. So you got to be careful, you know, with, with investing in something that's hot, hot, hot. You know, if it's hot, 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 it can get cold, cold, cold soon, soon, soon. And investors really have to think think about where where they want to be. I'm not so sure they want to be rushing in. Although, you know, I'd rather buy Arc today at 35% off its high than you know back in mid February when when it was 35% more expensive. So if you if you always wanted to own Arc, well, you you got some buying opportunities compared to six weeks ago being 
off 35%. It's a whole lot better. I'd rather get something on sale than not. I mean, it's funny. In the stock market, it's usually just the opposite. When something's full price trading at a premium, people want to jump in because, you know, how can they miss out, right? They want that future growth. But when something goes on sale, and believe me, there's good reasons why things go on sale in the stock market. Sometimes it's justified, but sometimes it, it's, you know, just a hiccup and it could be an opportunity. And that's, that's what investors have to think about is when do you want to jump into something? But I'd rather jump into something when it's on sale than pay full price. 1-800-825-5949. As my wife says, you know, I don't pay full price for anything, Steve. I said, I know. I said, you're saving us so much money getting everything on sale. We're almost bankrupt. Just think about that, folks. She doesn't like it when I say it to her. I got the doors closed, so um, I, I can I can say it between you and I. But, um, you know, <laughs> sometimes there's a good reason why things are sale. On sale, 1-800-825-5949. Any questions whatsoever, let me help you get pointed in the right direction tomorrow morning. You know, household spending cooled last month. Uh, you know, it could be because people in January got a stimulus check and then we had the cold weather and they weren't out and being measured February compared to January, January, they were flush with cash with the stimulus money. And February, there wasn't any stimulus money. Now here we are in March and there's more stimulus money. So consumer spending, which is the biggest driver of economic activity, fell 1% in February, according to the Commerce Department. And as I said, between cold weather, snowstorms, um, you know, you got a lot of people still staying inside because of coronavirus. Household income, which when you when you think about wages, investment earnings, government aid fell by seven percent in February, and that that makes sense. You know, as I said, they they got a big big check in January, so January was actually up. So it's only you, you have to expect it to be down in in February income and spending. You know, depending on what happens over the next few weeks, I'm. I'm optimistic that the consumer is going to take some of this money that they have saved up. Once they get that second shot in the arm, they're vaccinated. They feel good. And, you know, they, the, between the money that they've saved, the money that Washington is sending them right now as we speak, they're going to want to spend that money. And the consumer makes up almost two-thirds 65 to 70 percent of the economy so the consumer is really it's important when the consumer feels good about their financial future about their job security when the consumer is out there spending money the consumer is going to drive the economy and when the fundamentals are good in the economy the stock market's going to do well and that's why i'm optimistic that the stock market will do well we're going to make some tactical moves. They may be short term. Our clients will know that. I will send them an explanation of why we're buying what we're buying. And, you know, some of the areas that I want to get out of with interest rates getting higher or utilities is one of them. We have one ETF um, that that has a lot of utilities in it. And we just, you know, 
I, I think I'd rather be in some cyclical areas of the of the economy growing. So I'm 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 investing our clients' money in an area that I think will do well. Now listen, maybe it won't do as well, but I'm pretty sure you know. All in all, I mean we. Our, our returns have been really good by by us managing our clients' assets, always looking ahead. As I said earlier in the show, we learn from the past, but we're always looking ahead. We don't have a crystal ball, and we're not afraid of of you know, like when we underweight bonds, we're taking money out of bonds and putting them into other alternative assets, whether it be preferreds, dividend-paying stocks, REITs where we feel we can get more of a yield because bonds, bond is my least favorite asset class right now with what's going on with interest rates. And I mentioned yesterday how the 30-year national mortgage rate is up to 3.25%. It was around 25 just a few weeks ago. So it's creeping up. You can see it creeping up even though the Fed hasn't raised interest rates and they say they won't raise interest rates until 2023, interest rates on their own are, are creeping up. If you're looking to buy a house or like Paul, you know, he always wanted a, a home on, on the water. Hey, listen, with interest rates being where they're at, mortgage rates being as low as they are, why take money out of your your well-diversified investment portfolio that may be earning, I don't know, depending on how you're invested, six, seven, eight, nine, ten percent on average a year, depending on how diversified you are. You know, if you can borrow money at three, three and a half percent, borrow it all day long, folks. Borrow it. It's it's okay to borrow money when it's that cheap, and I hate the word cheap. So you have um the economy that looks good, I guess is what I'm saying. We're we're okay with, with where the economy's at and where we're headed. Actually we're optimistic that that the economy will will continue to do well and hopefully will profit from that, no pun intended. The um you know, some people have asked us if we got nervous about Nasdaq being off. No, not at all. Not 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 even the slightest are we nervous about NASDAQ. Good companies in NASDAQ, growth oriented companies, they you know, they they flourish when things are good, better than the overall market, and they drop faster than the overall market. And we're not gonna time that. We like the companies in NASDAQ, we like that growth aspect of our portfolio and we've made a lot of money. As I said, I've been overweight NASDAQ for 15 plus years on behalf of our clients and we've made we've made some 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 good money. Um, really good money. Um, you know, let's look at the last decade. I'm just going to give you some statistics. U.S. stocks. After inflation, after inflation, annualized year in, year out, 11.3 percent over the last 10 years, 2010 through 2020. The previous decade, 2000 through 2010, U.S. equities lost down 2.3%. Remember, we used to talk about that, the lost decade. 
So you have the last 10 years, the average return after inflation up 11.3% year in, year out, whereas that 2000 and 2010 stocks were down 2.3%. The good news, the odds of the next decade producing a negative return are low. The S&P has dropped just 6% of the time over 10-year periods going all the way back to 1929. This is according to Bank of America Securities. The bad news is, you know, we got P.E. ratio, price to earnings ratio, valuations. They're over 20 times. The S&P is expected to gain, you know, let's say 2% annually over the next decade, while dividends could add another 2%, putting the total return at 4%. You know, they, they, they use that number a lot because if you look over the last 90 years, the average return in large stocks is 10%. And I think dividends accounted for 3 or 4% of that. So your your total appreciation was like six seven percent, and dividends were um, made up the the rest of it. So dividends is an important part of stock market returns, and growth stocks aren't really paying a whole lot in dividends. Although you know I love Apple, and it has a one percent dividend. I'm just picking on one technology stock. So there are technology stocks, growth stocks out there paying dividends. It's becoming more and more popular, and we're okay with that. We're coming up to the end of the show. I thank you for taking time out of your Sunday to tune in. Hopefully, I was able to shed some light on you know, some financial stuff, and hopefully it'll help you as you wake up tomorrow morning and get started on planning your financial future. Go to our website, folks, Boucher.com, for more information. Look for our State of the Economy presentation of about a month ago, six weeks ago. For now, stay safe, stay healthy, enjoy your Sunday fun day. Come back next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.